a red-eye overnight flight in literally the middle of the week should be the emptiest flight. Oh, jeez. Was it jammed? It was utterly full. And then the guy next to me stank, and I mean that with a capital S. <laughs> he not only stank, he kept sleeping in a very jittery, jiggly way, rolling left and right. And then every na- whenever he got a napkin, he would blow his nose and then fall asleep and then and then snore wetly in the general area. <laughs> and so I, about an hour into the flight, I was just like, no, nah, I, I understand. I'm going to get sick sometime in the next couple weeks. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm not cool with it, but I'm prepared for it. I, I just accept that that will happen. Uh, and then and then he also was one of those guys who, I don't, whether he, he was doing it consciously or unconsciously, he did the thing where it's like, I'm going to put my leg against the leg of the person next to me and hope that they recoil. Yeah. And I was like, guess what? I'm very comfortable with body contact. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to win this. And then in his sleep, also sometimes his elbows would go. He was in the middle, so he gets the armrests. But then yeah. his elbow would creep all the way into my kidney area. And whenever that happened, I just eventually, I just got mean. I was like, you know what? When that happens, I'm going to friggin' thud the armrest with the side of my stomach. <laughs> Every time I did, he just retreated immediately. <laughs> and then to top it off, the guy in front of me lowered his seat on a packed economy flight. Uh-huh. And I was like, you mother... What the f*** is going on down there? Hey Seth, it's April. It is. It's a new month. It is the fourth uh, I am, month. I am now, I think, recovered from my hell flight, uh, and I'm back in the saddle. Ooh. It's uh, the the front edge of allergy season around here. Oof. Yeah, April through May, bad times for the old buzz boy. You gotta get those little screen doors put in your nostrils. Oh, I was just imagining that, and I started laughing. Like, <laughs> like someone actually trying to like like fit little screen doors in. They would have to be incredibly fine mesh. <laughs> it would be so uncomfortable. I didn't think this through. Never mind. This is a bad idea. Uh, well, so yeah, I I hope that the the pollens leave you alone as best as you can. Hope. Yeah. I mean, they're not very reasonable, but. Uh, if you if you believe that one movie about all the plants coming to life, there might be intelligence in there. I do believe that movie. All Actually, right. I do. It's got to figure that. out how to reason. I believe with them. most <laughs> movies. The happening. That's the movie I'm thinking of. Yes. Um, that sick yeah. Donnie Wahlberg jam. I watched. I think the. F- uh, no, I didn't watch no, it. No, I watched Donnie Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, does That's Donnie Wahlberg do movies? Uh, he has. Okay. I think he's more of a TV guy these days. He's on yeah. like some cop show or was on some cop show. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I, he's been in a movie or two. I like the Mickelsons a lot more than the Wahlbergs. I've come to realize. What about the Baldwins? I like one of the Baldwins. Um, I've been disappointed by lots of the other ones. <laughs> also, there's usually like an extra Baldwin that sort of manifests every now and then. So I don't even remember how many there are. There's like eight now or something. 
Like, I, I feel like adult Baldwins have manifested into existence when they previously did not exist. It's like a Hydra. Yeah. Every time you, a Baldwin you, has to go into rehab, another one grows. <laughs> two, two more <laughs> move into their California mansion. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm bigger on the Mickelson uh, folks right now. Uh, I like their faces and I like their voices. Uh, very shallow of me, but let me have this. Uh, Seth, <laughs> we got we got some listener questions. All right, uh, this week we're gonna we're gonna hit some of this listener question Let's stuff because rock them out. In the last four days, I suddenly got like seven more, uh, and I thought for a second because I wasn't really paying attention to when they came in because I had been out of it for a couple days. I thought it was a whole bunch of people sending in April first listener questions, and I got very scared. But in fact, nobody sent a listener question on April first, so they're all serious. Well. Um, as serious as I have, it can be. Yeah, I mean, you know, some it's, it, listen. There's no joking when we're talking about transformers. <laughs> Uh, the first question comes in from XL Hedge. He says, Hey, guys, uh, with the movies rebooting, I can't help but be disappointed. For a decade now, we followed the adventures of Murder Prime and his ever-changing cast of Autobots, and now the stage is set for it. We don't get to see Murder Prime literally destroy Earth. Imagine the Prime Unicron situation, but Unicron was actually able to fully awaken and transform in the resulting destruction of civilization as Prime had to race to get Merlin's staff and Unicron's spark and kill him. Am I crazy for wanting the story to be finished with one more movie before the reset? I want Murder Prime to kill Earth. Thanks for what you do, XL Hedge. Uh, well, I'm with you in one sense. Uh, I I feel like I've hit the wherewithal to know that that precise story will never happen. But indeed, it has been set up where Earth is Unicron and Optimus Prime would ostensibly be fighting Unicron, which means Optimus Prime would be fighting literally the Earth. Uh, I do wish that we would get to see an ending now that there is this like weird sequel hook, an ending to the movieverse. Uh, I, I hope that a comic books writer uh gets to write that at least <laughs> and have some fun with it uh i almost wonder if because the movie verse has now been you know set aside and, and shelved maybe there will be more freedom given to someone who says hey what if i get can you can you let me write like a 60 page ending to the movie verse <laughs> and they just get to go nuts uh i feel like there's legit hope for that but yeah it, i I, even a bad story i get bummed out if there's a sequel hook or a cliffhanger that never gets realized like something about that just on a on a creative level bums me out because it's like someone was thinking of something and they're not going to get to finish their dumb story seth how do you feel about it i at first i couldn't have cared less that the that the bay farmers were ending but now put in this framework that excel hedge came up with i would absolutely love to see one last michael bay movie where prime destroys the earth and yeah but then you know like he'd have to put something in where like the united states army somehow saves america so it's like the yeah. whole plan is destroyed except for like america is still <laughs> orbiting the, the sun it's like all the it's rest of the world's gone <laughs> literally the country of america yeah. no like no like stuff attached to it. it's just the the land mass is now floating through space yeah. Like like, like, there's just enough ocean off the coasts so we could still have like lobster fest at red lobster <laughs> the <laughs> last no scene anymore yeah but we're still gonna eat lobsters <laughs> the last scene is all the army men and a flag and the sunset and lens flare and all that stuff <laughs> yeah i like it 
I guess the way to put this succinctly is it would be cool if there was an, a, a structured intended finale made for the movie verse. Well, that would be uh, great if there was a structured intended anything in the movie verse. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. <laughs> That's why I'm also saying I think that, that what we're talking about would more likely work. Well, a happen, but also B actually kind of work as a comic book because that's where the best like not stupid movie fiction has ever happened is hidden within some of that movie prequel comic book stuff not all of it there's a lot of still like indecipherable stuff in there because of what they were trying to work with in pre-production but there are a couple of really cool stories buried in there uh the dark of the moon prequel uh story i forgot which one because there were a couple of them but the one about like optimus and sentinel prime and megatron as like this you know philosopher family or whatever on cybertron uh that was a really cool story uh along like the one the one that ends with like this is how optimus became murderous uh it was a really cool comic um so there's potential in there murder must prime that is his name I hope that answered your question, XL Hedge, because we're basically on the same page. There is a movie verse comic being made. Uh, the 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 good old the good old friends over at IDW are getting to do a prequel comic for the Bumblebee movie, uh, which maybe will end up being the swan song media for this whole thing. Um. So I'm curious to see how that turns out. Andrew Griffith was talking about getting to design some villain robots he's always wanted to design uh, for a story set in the 60s, and that that sounds exciting. Um, but moving on, Seth, would you like to read this next listener question from C310 Jinrai? I would like to read it. Hello, at WTF, at TFW crew. So, at Toy Fair, Hasbro revealed HasLab basically their version of Maddie collector with the mm. giant Jabba's sail barge. If you need more info, here's an article. Then a link to Gizmodo. If Great they, if they <laughs> propose a project for transformers, what would y'all want? What, and what project do you think will actually be successful for me? I would probably want animated Omega. Always discuss, or anyways, yeah, always discuss, anyways, discuss, click. Also, always discuss, don't never discuss, then we would never answer questions. So one thing with that Java barge is I've never mm. really gotten, it. I have, well, one, I haven't really investigated it that much. I've seen tons of pictures floating around, but is this for four inch scale figures? Yeah, it's like, it would it's basically be long. like a... Yeah, the the Jabba sail barge, as of this recording, has actually suddenly blasted past its funding threshold. Yeah, I did see uh, it's, something about that. It's going to get made. Yeah. Um, the speed at which it blasted through at the last minute does kind of look like people with lots of money were waiting till the very last minute to basically ensure it would happen, uh-huh. um, as that happens with some Kickstarters, but that that's f- fine. Um, but yeah, I think it's four inch scale and it's going to be like 500 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's four huge. feet long and 14 pounds. Um, I, I don't know if it looks like 500 bucks, though. Um, now, there might, does do seem I have the to price be wrong? A, oh, no, you got the price right. I just don't. Okay. I look at it and 
uh, I don't know if I see $500 worth of sale barter. <laughs> I mean, it so, is very I, big. Yeah. And it it's is going to be a limited run. Of, yeah, it's, it's the combo of being very big, having steel tooling that's probably going to be like forklift sized. And they're not going to make it at like the mass mass market. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there are plenty of Transformers projects that would fit in with HasLab. Um, in fact, I think that with the fall of Toys R Us, HasLab might in fact become more important than it was originally intended to be. Yeah. Because um, it, it, you know how we got a Titan figure every year? There, I feel like there's a chance it's going to become, we'll have a Titan figure proposed on HasLab every year or right. two. Um, you know, Maybe that won't happen, but the, be ready for those kind of realities. It seems um, like a logical assumption. And and I think that C three ten Jinrai's idea of animated Omega is the kind of project that would be successful, the kind of toys that would be Titan sized toys, like Omega Supreme, for instance. Uh I think animated Omega Supreme would actually be a borderline like iconic Transformers project to do as a Haslab debut because it's like, what's a toy that now for uh nine years people have been talking about and, and wishing someone would prototype at least. Um, in terms of a large thing, uh, G1 would probably be the one that actually happens and that's fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm trying to think of other things, but, but an Omega Supreme is probably a, a shoe in for this kind of thing. Yeah. That seems pretty logical. Um, I mean, once they've done like other city bots already, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wasn't thinking about the non-existent Toys R Us angle until you brought it up. I, I saw it. I, I didn't think of it myself. I should add, like I've seen it bounced around Twitter and the forums of, you know, like the loss of Toys R Us, as far as affecting us as collectors outside of getting, you know, just a place to go buy toys. Toys R Us also handled a lot of exclusives and was the venue for a lot of things. Like that is the only U S retail place to get movie masterpiece toys. Um, it's also where, like, a lot of exclusive went. That's where, like, you know, Titan toys would often at least appear first. Uh, well, not just movie Masterpiece toys. Masterpiece Transformers, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and they they yeah. always had lot, loads of exclusives. Not just Transformers, but Marvel and Star Wars and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'd mentioned in another podcast before, like Paternia John on Twitter had put up like, here's the list I'm going to keep of all the, 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 the announced at Toy Fair Toys R Us exclusives and where they end up being found. Cause there's a chance a whole bunch of them are going to go straight to your TJ Maxx's and other liquidation outlets. And, uh, my first thought was a lot of them are going to end up on like big bad toy store and entertainment earth. Yeah, like those two are going to shoulder, I think, a lot of the work, mm-hmm. uh, quite quite happily and readily. But you know, they're, they're, those are still businesses run by experienced folks. Big Bad Toy Store, especially. You know, just, just think back to uh, this, the G One C Cons box set or Battle Unicorn. Like Big Bad Toy Store has been burned by being yeah. the only place a thing gets get you know comes out at because then they take on a whole production run. Yeah, but like the the shared exclusive thing has been more common. Yeah. Where where that exclusive is at, uh, spread out to a couple uh, venues. Um, 
often venues, Toys R Us and uh, Big Bad Toy Star and Entertainment Earth. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was often like, what was it? It was, it was usually like, yeah, it was those three or it was at least Toys R Us and one of the major retailers yeah. uh, online. So with with the brick and mortar part kind of gone and I don't know if Walmart will necessarily just go like, oh, we'll take it because like, you know, Walmart's interested in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but someone linked to me yesterday. They came across the uh, You're the Goat sound wave on Walmart.com. Well, isn't Walmart.com halfway as an eBay as well? I don't like know. the American Walmart site? I don't know. I just thought it was weird that it was uh, on the Walmart site. Yeah, yeah, because uh, someone found third party toys on there too. Um, and if I recall correctly, Walmart.com, you can sell things on there yourself. Oh, that might be it then. So, that, yeah, because Walmart.ca is just Walmart's stock, but Walmart.com is a friggin' mess. <laughs> like, it's a no man's land. Yeah. Well, when I saw that it was on Walmart before I saw the price, I was like, oh, like, I always thought those clear cassettes were awesome. If this is like some blowout, they dump these leftover ones on Walmart, Walmart selling them for dirt cheap. Maybe I'll go for it, but it was still a hundred bucks. I was like, yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on clear cassettes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I remember I, I was digging through walmart.com back when I was really hot on the, the new Voltron. And that's, I, th- I think that's when I learned. So it was either that or some star Wars toys. When I learned that Walmart us is a, uh, very much more like like Amazon.com where you know you see things that are really good prices from Jeff Bezos and then you see things where it's like this toy is five hundred dollars because yeah. we have one and we're hoping someone clicks it. Yeah. Or <laughs> now that I'm like getting back into D and and collecting miniatures you could go to miniature market and pay two dollars for this Reaper Bone figure. Or you could go to Amazon and buy it for twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I think I'll take my business to miniature market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm capable of doing a Google search. I, 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 I'm not going to buy this. One. I won't get it in two days, but I will also won't spend ten extra dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are folks who are not into Transformers. Who I've seen talk about how wildly expensive masterpiece toys are, and I'm like, what exactly do you mean? And they're like, well, look at this. And they send me a bunch of third-party Amazon.com seller links. Uh-huh. And I, I have to go like, well, okay, listen, I have to I have to tell you something. Nobody has actually paid $250 for Masterpiece Bumblebee. No, no real human person has done that. Well, no reasonable uh, human person. <laughs> I, I would in fact say no real human person has done that. But if anything, some bot purchased it to maintain some seller algorithm. But I, I've I've done I've done the education for at least one or two folks where I'm like Amazon prices are wrong and they're not indicative of the market. Yeah. Ever. Um. But yeah, going back to the question, C three ten Jinrai, you 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 basically said the best answer I think for an opening project would be N Omega Supreme or Scorponok, like one of the remaining city bots that they you know had on that vote that Trypticon won. Um, that seems like like a shoe in for where this could start. There are other things that could work, like a gigantic, you know, a combiner team, a gigantic five hundred dollar the arc playset. If it turned into a robot, then they would probably. Yep. I would say it's yes. It's going to be the ass end of a spaceship stuck in a rock. 
Yeah, if it was a giant plastic rock with a plastic spaceship stuck in it, I don't think it would get funded. Hey, that uh, castle very transforming. Well, well, that that's what what's the word I'm looking for? Context. That's he man he man fans. They they care more about Castle Grayskull than we care about the Ark. I think. I don't know. Also, if you want an Ark that turns into a robot, that is spoilers. Literally animated Omega Supreme. So. It's another case for animated Omega Supreme, really. Um, but yeah, like, like I think that, like, just that, to me, the shoe-ins are going to be, like, gift set combiner teams or gift set teams or city bots, um, large leader toys. Like, that just seems like, like, to market it outside of us, the hardcores, that's what they would need to, like, that's part of why Jabba Sail Barge, I think, picked up any steam is it's not only a big thing but it is a ludicrously large thing that you can then make a head uh, headline for at places like gizmodo or forbes uh and it'll just attract average joe public we're gonna be like oh what's this all about i wonder what the the ratio is gonna be of really expensive giant things and then more niche collector things that are more affordable because it th- mm. like this could be like the one place that they keep GI Joe alive, sort of thing. But oh, yeah. but it can't be. Well, I mean, I guess it could be, but I wouldn't want it to be based on gigantic vehicles or vehicles at yeah, all. Yeah, like <laughs> this is also me not knowing a ton about Haslab, but yeah, I, I wonder if part of their plan is to have a model set up for like, okay, we don't actually need to. Like, we have an idea for, like, you know, a G.I. Joe, and we figured out that we just have to tool a new head and get a run done on these parts we already have. And we've, you know, figured out to make, you know, a fun pub run of them. It would cost this much. Um, I'm sure they must have thought of that, because that would also give them an out if the death of Toys R Us leads to, like, just the general ceiling lowering on where they can even sell toys um, in brick and mortar. Uh Because then something like HasLab and Hasbro Toy Shop would would be a way for them to still push their wares. It would be different than it is now, but that's gotta be a plan. Cause yeah, I, I would love to see smaller things too. Like the idea of Haslab being like, we have one project a year. seems like that's not a long, that can't be a long-term plan. Like there's gotta be more in the works for that thing. I would love to see GI Joe get to do stuff where, figures are made yeah well i could i mean what's to stop hasbro from you know stealing what's left of fun pub and doing their own gi joe subscript figure subscription like the way maddie collector did with with he-man i this is me not knowing much about what's up with uncle brian I like I I'm kind of curious as to whether that maybe halfway is already is what's going on. Like, is that maybe something that like is that what the current subscription figure service coming out is already? Like, I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with the current subscription service, but they're coming out. They they should, every now and then I go to Big Bad and I'm like, what just what did you just get in today? And then one day they got in. Where is it? There was this guy who looked like he was wearing poop um <laughs> yeah okay here he is i'm gonna send you a link uh cause it's a combination of his names and his color scheme so the guy is like all these earthy poopy brown colors and his name is is cobra worms 
Oh yeah. And just like who's this poor no, who's this poor he, he drove the thing. <laughs> His name is Worms. Yeah. I think he I think his tank was called the Maggot. He's he's literally feces and dirt colors. His name is Worms and his tank's called the Maggot? I like, think so. Let me look it up to make sure. He, the, the backstory of this guy is whether or not he picked the name or if he's the guy who got given the name and that defines his character. Yeah, the Cobra, Mag- the Cobra Maggot. Oh, man. I mean, he drove a thing called a Maggot. Like, what, what do you think he's going to look like? Your grandma? I want to know who this man is. I want to know. I want to know who this is. I want to know his whole story. Oh, he's how he, got one. I want. To, I want. I want the shot of him driving his maggot, and then freeze frame, and then his voice is like, "Yep, that's me." Bet you're wondering how I ended up here. Like, I want to see that story. Uh, GI Joe subscription service looks like it is on. Is it Figure Six or is it Service Six I don't know. It feels like they've been doing them forever. So they they they've got traction going with that. Um Yeah. Uh the the Haslab stuff, I hope we will have an on-topic reason to talk about because I, I think it's really fascinating. And I am extremely happy and ever so slightly surprised that Java Sail Barge has has blown through its threshold like that. Not fully surprised, but I was I was kind of prepared that maybe that would end in disappointment. Uh, for folks who want a big ass sand ship, I'm sending you um, the uh, the yojo.com page for worms, which you can peruse <laughs> at your leisure. It's all caps. Cobra maggot driver. Yeah. Worms. W dot so o dot r dot m dot s dot. All right, that has to stand for something. Yeah. Worms isn't a guy. Weapons ordinance. Yeah. Weapons ordinance. Rugged machine specialist. That's what they told him his job was. It wasn't until he was driving the maggot <laughs> when he sat there going like weapons ordinance. What war war worms? Well, when you read the file card, I get the impression that worms is like a class of cobra soldier. Well, I'm gonna that that's in the eighties. Now I want there just to be one worms. <laughs> I am the lone worms. Theo worms. <laughs> or just no, it's a whole class, but they're all just sitting there like like two of them are driving their maggots side by side on patrol, and one of them goes like, Hey Dave Tom. Yeah? But did you ever think about what our name W O R M We're worms driving maggots. No, <laughs> no, Tom, I'm serious. No. That's stupid. Worm- oh no. <laughs> and they both look at each other just like Oh no! Cobra Commanders, are <laughs> we're dead. the worm drivers. <laughs> we're, we're the worms driving maggots. <laughs> <laughs> they go to complain to Tomax and Zamot. <laughs> uh, they're my new favorite GI Joe. Anything. <laughs> this is the best. All right, I'm one over. It's oh the best man! Name. Here's an amazing uh, custom worms on a sideshow collector. It's big twelve inch worms. Oh, like, like a six, one six scale worms. Yeah. Um, yeah, but maybe with this has labs, maybe that could be where my dream of six inch GI Joe figures comes true. Because maybe that could be it's the subscription thing. Could be. 
they could try doing some tooling tricks with all their uh, their Black Series Star Wars figures and Marvel Legends. See what what cross pollinates. Yeah. Yeah, I I would love to see Haslab just enter a phase of like kind of like Lego ideas of like we're not going to make literally everything, but we are going to present a whole bunch of really weird ideas and see what you guys are the most interested in. Oh, one six worms looks cool. Like you know, he's still all poop colored, but he looks cool. You scroll down a little bit. There's a wild weasel and a croc master. The wild weasel looks awesome. I've always loved wild weasel. I've always loved Crocmaster because he's ridiculous. <laughs> he is pretty ridiculous. I have crocodile skin boots and a crocodile skin shirtless tank top. And a crocodile. <laughs> and, a, and a crocodile who I hope never notices. <laughs> oh, Crocmaster's my boy. Um, Seth, we should probably move Let's on move to on our, our... To more Worms talk. Welcome one... to the Wormcast. <laughs> That's already a podcast. I'm very <laughs> Actually, hang on. Let's just do WTF this. WTF at maggots. <laughs> wormcast. A wormcast is a structure created. By, okay, what about wormcast podcast? Surely. Ah, uh, yep. The modern homesteading podcast, the wormcast. The wormcast, all about vermicomposting. Sure. That sounds awful. I'm not composting. Click that. Uh, it's Seth, composting, right? We got, we got, yeah, composting. Uh-huh. Yeah. We got some fresh Russian Transformers Uh-oh. news. Oh, uh, boy. Hot on the heels of the, the Russian Transformers keys. page telling us all about, all about Rekgar. Uh, they have now told us all about Power of the Prime's Nemesis Prime, who appears to be leader class, Power of the Prime's Optimus, but with a new head and new swords and a couple of new guns plugged onto his forearms. Um, I originally just, I had literally just seen this and assumed it was an April Fool's gag, but this came out on April 2nd. And also looking at the photo, that would be a bunch of extra work to actually model in all the swords and guns and stuff to make, and the new head to make it a, a, you know, a a gag. So this seems like it's legit. Uh, I like the new head. It's kind of cool that they just have this like very angular looking more evil Optimus head that has more in common with the movie head, uh, ready to go. Um, the swords look kind of random. Uh, I wonder if maybe they are being pulled from other toolings. The guns look very intentional, but the two swords look very like we have these swords lying around from some other line, uh, like they did with the what was it the uh, the Constructobot weapon showing up in in Beast Hunters or whatever. Uh, the Beast Hunter, I can't remember Constructobot weapon showing up in places. Um, it looks cool, though. I hope it's not very difficult to get a hold of, because I like this Optimus Prime toy a lot. It's uh, one of my favorite figures in the line so far, and I would like an excuse to get a second one. Uh, Seth, how are you feeling about this dude? Well, I'm going to have to go off of what I remember from seeing it before, because my web browser has frozen up in a way that I can't change pages or scroll or anything. Um those are very important things for a web browser yeah. to do. What up, Chrome? Hmm. Um, <laughs> I remember thinking the head looked cool. <laughs> um, I like that they mm-hmm. that it's still prime-ish in shape, uh, but different. Um, like that sharper, more angular look uh, gives it more of a differentiation besides just repainting the head. Um, so I think that was good. I don't really remember, um, the other changes. So, but I'm going to reference, I was was about to say, 
I was going to like, Seth, isn't it cool how the head's cheek plates look like Movie Prime's cheek plates? Because Movie Prime's just naturally more evil. But you can't actually see the cheek plates. So that would be a weird question to ask you right now. <laughs> Uh, Oop, I think the other I'm big back. question to I ask think that is, damn Gizmodo link oh. had screwed me over. Um, oh, you got to just close Gizmodo net. That's well, a, I got a not a responding website. thing come up, and then when I clicked uh, yeah. cancel, then that tab grayed out. <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> They're probably running lousy ads. Yeah, jerk wads. Um, well, now you can see what I mean about the cheeks. <laughs> yes. But I didn't hear what you were saying about the cheeks because things were starting to happen on my computer and I got distracted. Oh, I think they look like movie Optimus Prime's ah. cheeks. And he's a naturally evil yeah. Optimus, so it's, it's a good fit. Also, why did they stick him in the snow? Russia, what are you doing, you bastards? Hey, you know, they got extras. They yeah, Russia, put in here. Snow, eh? Russia, snow puts on you. Hey, can you can you read what he's saying? Can you read read no. his thing. Bet I don't read. Betcha Sansko. I don't read crazy backwards number three. <laughs> I'm just assuming it's an S sound. I once read up on how to read Russian uh, alphabet stuff, and then I forgot it all, and it really irritates me because I like being able to at least like sound out text. Uh-huh. One of those, one of those like long term goals that I'm never going to achieve, but I, I want to believe I will is like I want to learn the Russian alphabet, Korean alphabet, and Cyrillic. Like not not learn necessarily like what I'm reading. I just want to be able to 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 sound out text. I keep seeing I a thing valuable. pop up on Imgur every now and then where it's like kind of like a comicy strip kind of format. <laughs> And the person and and the claim is like, hey, you read this and and you could read Korean in 15 minutes. And uh, that's not true. It takes more than 15 minutes to read <laughs> Korean. But it was interesting reading the explanation of of uh, what their characters represent. I feel like I've looked at this is sounding really familiar. It's been around for years. I think they have. I think the same guy has done other languages too. But for some reason, I see the Korean one pop up fairly often. The Korean one specifically sounds like something I looked at, thought was really cool, and then forgot everything I learned after about a month. Oh, I forgot everything I learned after about an instant after I finished reading it. But uh, I (laughs) quickly it was like, no, it it takes more than fifteen minutes to learn how to read a language. It take it took me fifteen yeah, minutes I, to read I, your I, explanation, and it was very interesting. <laughs> it took me like two years to even learn like the two basic Japanese alphabets, and that's when I was taking a class of it. So I, I'm, 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 I'm squinting and slightly skeptical at the idea I could learn another Asian alphabet in in that short of time. Uh, I did learn that uh that this nemesis prime has pretty cool forearm guns within about an instant because yes. i saw Those are pretty burly arm guns hey here's a question so he's gonna have a little a little robot truck guy who rams into his chest uh-huh. right are they just gonna make that like little nemesis prime like little like nemesis orion Pax, or are they gonna do something creative with that like make him like a little scourge or something no. well using the scourge name would be good that would be clever yeah um orion pox orion oh. smallpox 
Orion sucks. He smells bad. No, Scourge is a good idea. They should do that. Yeah. What up, Russia? Did they do that? You seem names. to know everything somehow for some reason. How is this stuff getting leaked out of Russia first? It's the official Transformers Russian page, and I guess they're oh, just like they don't give a sh- for whatever they reason. Don't care. Like for our marketplace, Russia don't care. <laughs> you know, we got we got this thing. We're gonna tell you yeah. about it. Well, what do you mean we are supposed to wait? No, you're American pigs. It's weird. Like every Russian from the 1980s seems to be running the Transformers <laughs> fan page. <laughs> Uh, this, this, like with Rekgar, this is probably one of those aforementioned, unrevealed Power of the Primes exclusives that, that Hasbro was talking about mm-hmm. at Toy Fair, so, you know, hopefully it wasn't aimed for Toys for Us, because in that case, that's a shame. Uh, but we'll find out more, I'm sure, uh, as time goes on. Seth, let's, let's do another listener question. All right. I got one here from, not Wild Weasel, but Winged Weasel. Winged Weasel. Wild Weasel's best friend. Uh, dear podcaster champions, thanks. Uh, first off, thanks for taking the time to answer my multi-part of the last go-around. As you'd imagine from the last set of questions, I'm pretty excited about the prospect of a Transformers card game that's on its way. Uh, Winged Weasel's hoping it debuts at Gen, Gen Con this year uh, so that you can go all in while there. Um, the hope is that it will have depth and longevity of other games and not be flash in the pan. Uh, I will tell, etc. I would say be... Just, I would say hope that it on it in its first form has depth and longevity and is fun. Because uh, in my opinion, it's usually good to go in on a licensed thing for Transformers, expecting there to never be any more of it. So that if there is any more, it's a happy surprise. Um, this seems to be the way with Transformers. But uh, the question is, what sort of accessories do you find are best for Transformers or other toys with respect to setting up photo shoots? I have details for displaying, but I've only begun to venture into this facet, and it's really enjoyable. Recently, I purchased some backgrounds from Toy Hacks and looking into constructing some dioramas to enhance what I'm doing. I've splurged on additional props like stands, chairs, tables, and a Tamashi Effect Impact set. Uh, however, what would you guys recommend? Mainline Transformers have proven to be challenging to find appropriate things for. <laughs> Seth, I I specifically wanted to talk to you about this because I know nobody else who has bought quite as many weird niche things just to take pictures of toys holding them. Yeah. Uh, So I feel like you've got you've got a lot more input on this because for me, it's like I'm more about the camera angle and the lighting, which means that I'm good at action shots, but I never have cool things for my toys to hold. Do you mean quality photography? What? No, that's (laughs) I don't know what that is. And not just goofy nonsense. I would say goofy nonsense is maybe more valuable. Yeah. It, it brings um, smiles and joy. <laughs> well, he he does point out a tricky thing when it comes to Transformers is finding props that would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and to a rational scale and something they could hold with the standardized... Um, fist hole yeah <laughs> sort of thing there's a lot of times there's not a lot of hand options with a a mainline transformer sometimes it'll be that sort of like loose open hand kind of thing and then then you have a little bit to work with yeah uh, but if you're trying to find props and such that are like serious um, and not just like 
oh, it would be funny if I put um, headphones on Soundwave and have them listening to uh, an iPod. Um, it's going to be tougher. Um, I guess you'd have to try to find some appropriately scaled science fiction kind of stuff. Yeah, or um, like like buildings even that might be the right scale if you're using some like you know bit city formers and stuff or like foliage. Uh, yeah, I I think that yeah that might be cool if you if you were posing like a like a Fort Max or something and you wanted human sized buildings. Yeah, then like go to a model railroad shop and and try to figure out which which scale of a model train would be would be appropriate well i feel like we're where winged weasel mentions having like stands chairs tables and stuff like seems like in in this case there's also room for just you know the the kind of weird living room setup stuff that i think makes for some of the best goofy photos yeah you know like here's here's two toys here's two action toys sitting at a, at a table eating dinner like that's a really funny yeah. photo setup yeah find a dollhouse store Yes. First, right off the gate, right off the bat. Um, so it, if you want stuff that also works with like six, six inch scale figures, um, like your Star Wars black figures and, and, uh, your Marvel legends and, uh, figmas and figuarts and all that kind of stuff, uh, go to a dollhouse store and look for the they'll probably be referring to it as a one inch uh furniture um they just use a different name for the scale um and that that's going to be all the right size or roughly the right size i personally like when the props i'm using are slightly too big um because i think they just stand out more and i'm usually mm -hmm. trying to do stuff silly so if like the the soda can I'm trying to make the character hold is like bigger than a real soda can, I just think it adds to the absurdity. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I've I've spent tons of time and a bunch of money in dollhouse stores just like digging through things and being like, "Oh, cool. A tiny iPhone. I'm buying this." <laughs> wow. A uh, a laptop hey a toilet <laughs> and that's, that's and, i mean you find a toilet for a good deal it, like the the japanese figma sized accessories which are similar scale like there's you know a whole line of elaborate lavatories for instance but they're also yeah. like fairly expensive yeah in ignacio which is a little south um from here there's a massive um store called dollhouses trains and more and their dollhouse section is bigger than most entire hobby stores I've seen around here. And then their model train section is even bigger. And their RC car section is about as big as the train section. This place oh, is man. just completely massive. And they have like a locked cabinet of dollhouse stuff of like actual leather furniture that can get up and over a hundred dollars for a chair and uh it's pretty neat like there's some really neat stuff i've seen uh oh last time i was there they had little scale sized working televisions working 
Yeah, like, well, there were like tiny little monitors. You would plug in like a micro USB. Oh, okay. And, and pump a video source through. Man. Yeah. And then, uh, then I've seen similar things for uh, model railroads for, um, for making like a drive-in movie theater. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> like I was going to say that from what I all I know about this stuff primarily comes from your experiences. Oh. And I was, I was going to say the only other thing, it's not nearly as cool as all that stuff you just described, though, is um, like out of Japan, there's the people who make like, you know, school desks and, and various props that have round yeah. about to 118 scale. Um, and there's also those things like blind box things where you can get like you've gotten some really cool stuff through that yeah. as well. Yeah, that one that one set I got was called School Days. I forget the name of the company off the top of my head, but that that had tons of stuff like boom boxes and Walkmans and soda cans and um, cocktail glasses and just tons and tons of fish tank, just all sorts of hamburger and French fries and um. Yeah, look look out for that sort of stuff. I I never really found a good um online source for that sort of thing. Um I did find a bunch of it on Amazon at varying prices like we were talking about earlier. Sometimes you could find yeah. it reasonable and sometimes not. Um but I hadn't found a good like a good import source. But then I also didn't search that hard. Like once I found what I was looking for at a price that I thought was good enough, then I kind of stopped hunting. Um, yeah, well, it's not, there's, it's not the, there's uh, lots of cool, weird stuff you could collect. It's, it's not the blind box stuff, but the more like, you know, what you're getting stuff. Um, HLJ uh -huh. has has a bunch of it that goes on sale sometimes, uh, like little beer bottles or like a thing where you get like a little yeah. plastic crate and a bunch of little beer bottles that go into it. Um. I can't remember the name of it now off the top of my head, but I think if you just search enough in HLJ for like beer bottles, you'll yeah. find it. Yeah. Um, the, the craft store, uh, Michaels, um, they, they have some, uh, some dollhouse size stuff that, that works. I've picked up a few things there and then I've never been to a hobby lobby. I, even if one was around here, I, I wouldn't shop there, but I'm sure if you don't have any morality, um, they have that kind of stuff too. I would assume, um, like right next to all the stolen artifacts or whatever. Yeah. Um, I can be more explicit later. It's, it's not appropriate for this venue, but, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, ch like check out craft stores. Um, they they would more likely anywhere that has dollhouse stuff, you're you're gonna find something. Yeah. I'd um, be remiss to not mention the thing that you introduced me to. Uh, at IKEA, they have a little dollhouse set of doll sized IKEA furniture. Yep, uh, and that's kind of a cool thing too. Yep, you could get that and some meatballs, and then go home mm -hmm. if you could find your way out of the damn place. <laughs> All you have to do is buy, like, you know, two Detals and a few other cabinets, a couple Bestas, and then they'll just show you at. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I hope that I hope that helped uh, you know, with with your, uh, I guess, fresh interest in taking photos. It sounds like fun. Um, you should share some of the photos in the thread if you get the chance. Uh, I love I love toy photography. Uh, but Winged Weasel has one more question. 
uh, as an aside, is there a story behind Vangelis's discontent with NECA? I love their Heroes of the Storm figure uh, figures, as well as the Gear of War Gears of Wow pluralization, as well as the Gears of War ones. Granted, in both cases, my options are exceptionally limited for those franchises, and they certainly have flaws, but have mostly uh, have been mostly happy. The Heroes of the Storm ones are something I'm uh, really looking into dioramas for, as my World of Warcraft mega blocks are funny as set pieces, but not really cutting it. So. Here's the story of me and NECA. I think NECA has done some good stuff. Um, the story of why I've gi- I've kind of given up on NECA is uh, the dice roll is simply too too high in odds that I'm just going to get a bum figure or I have to do a bunch of work to fix the figure. Uh, or, you know, it's a fine figure except for the part where a bunch of paint or glue or something sealed itself into a joint and I have to do all this, like, you know, heat, hot, cold treatment to, to fix it up. Uh, or a figure is like, man, this is 80% cool, but the 20% that isn't there like feels like a real bummer in some, in some way, perhaps even hard to reason out as to why it's not there. Uh, and this all kind of gets capped off with um, the combination of NECA and super diehard NECA fans. I find it's like impenetrable to talk criticism about this stuff, and it, I ended up finding it very off-putting. Um, a friend of mine, uh, when, when NECA had... Uh, had had confirmed they don't have the Pacific Rim license anymore. Had quote had quoted it on Twitter to say like, "Oh man, I wonder if Bandai got it," and uh, then got quote tweeted by NECA, and then his mentions were unusable for a week. And uh, I found that to be particularly off-putting. And that was not the final straw, but it was like half of the or not not even half. It was it was it was a part. I can't I can't tell you what the math is. It was a part of the of the collective final straw. Um, and I just, I was tired of like buying their stuff and feeling like I'm buying it, uh, hoping that I end up liking it. Um, I'd rather just focus on buying things that I'm fairly sure I will like rather than taking these chances. And uh, like, I get it, you know, when they're the only license holder, trust me, I really like Pacific Rim stuff when they were the only license holder. Um, and, uh, it's also part of like, I've, I've tried to stop myself from buying something because the company making it is the only license holder sigh um you know that's why i don't buy funko pops of like john wick because it's like that's i'm not going to be satisfied with it i don't i don't need to just have a john wick thing i want a good john wick thing um having bandai's pacific rim uprising figures has definitely shown me uh just what was missing from the original pacific rim toy experience so for me it is that NECA's approach to toys is not in line with my personal needs. I need something that is tactile and sturdy, or at least impressive in its engineering, and I find a lot of NECA toys are good-looking in package with cool licenses, often made of a fairly uniform gummy plastic, and sometimes it just breaks. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to have to worry about that. I found that plastic they use has has a texture to it that makes some paint apps look fuzzy. Sometimes um, to a benefit and sometimes to a detriment. Like Yeah. Yeah, I loved NECA when they were kind of newer on the scene. But I agree with a lot of what you said. Um the the other thing that soured me on them a bit was the hit or miss quality of the articulation. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I mean with that like 80-20 thing of like sometimes the 20 that's missing is the articulation yeah and then you'll have just seen a figure they made where or, or they'll have a figure where it's like oh this articulation is intense this is great it's also non-existent in like this one limb or whatever 
Yeah. Or uh, all the joints are here, but the sculpt gets in the way and most of them are useless. Yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, that's 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 also just a thing I've grown to dislike is when articulation is presented as a numerical only. Because uh-huh. it's like, what does 30 points of articulation actually mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah, and like where I've gotten is I still might buy something from NECA, but I'm not going to buy anything from McFarlane. So they're yeah. they're a little better than McFarlane for me. And, and they're, I, I a weird, mention- they're a weird scale for me too. Oh yeah, like the kind of like seven-ish yeah. scale. Seven-ish inch scale. Um, I, I, I will say... From all accounts, it sounds like if I wanted to spend the money, I'd probably really dig several of their quarter scale figures. Um, I also I I love how NECA like very cleverly gets around the specificities of a property license to release a figure they want to release. Like there's a doggedness to that I quite appreciate. I I wish it didn't seem to come hand in hand with the kind of like colossal social media hubris. Um, but you know all that said, I want to say. Also, I'm not ever going to scowl at someone for buying a NECA toy. It's fine if you're buying NECA toys. Uh, you know, spend your money how you want. That's our society. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't think that you're doing anything wrong if you like NECA figures. Uh, I think that if you consistently tell me that NECA makes perfect, flawless toys, uh, then I'm going to start giving you a funny look. But, like, if I don't know you, I'll probably just leave it at that. <laughs> Um, here's an example I can give. I, I, I've, you know, hung out with folks at conventions and stuff who are more into gaming than they are toys or more into movies or media than they are toys. And they've, you know, when I say, oh, I'm mostly into toys, they'll bring up, for instance, their NECA figures and say like, oh, do you know this, this company? I think NECA who makes blah, blah. I'm not going to go like, oh yeah, let me tell you about why they suck or something like that. Like I'm, if someone's really excited because they like Jason and they got a NECA Jason that they think is really cool. I, I've had the conversation where I just go like, oh, tell me about it. And they'll tell me about it. I'll be like, yeah, that's neat. Like, that's that's really cool. Uh, it sounds, you know, if something sounds cool, I'll say it sounds cool. I'm not going to, like, take a dump on their parade because I myself have kind of you know, hit the last straw with NECA's stuff. Um, like, there's, there's uh, like, Joe Moore on Toy Arc gets a lot of NECA stuff and takes excellent photos of it. I'm not going to sit there going like, hey, that's really good photos you took of toys I don't like. You know, like... It, I'm not going to stick my nose into his business every time he gets NECA stuff and talks about how much he likes it, because that's that's rude. Boy, Joe, you're really <laughs> good at photographing turds. Yes, that's what a jerk would say. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't I don't really want to be a jerk, you know? So, like, it, I, 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 I at most kind of, uh, you know, yell about it a bunch on my social media, uh, but that's just my timeline. You know, I, I, I don't try to at-reply people about it or go like, oh, man, I can't believe you're getting into this stuff. It's just like... The, the closest I come is if someone says, hey, are you thinking of picking up this thing? Uh, and I might go like, ah, I don't really like NECA stuff. And then if someone really asks me, like, I, I got reasons. I just, you know, I, I need a good tactile experience and I don't feel they provide it. Yeah. Um, but if you feel they provide it, then, like, go buy their stuff. Like, support them. They love it. If you tweet them that you love their toys, they're probably going to, you know, there's a good, decent chance you'll get a, a like, if not a reply, or maybe even a quote tweet. Um, you know? which is also why I kind of had to stop following their Twitter because it was a little obnoxious, but that's just how I felt about it. Yeah. I have very limited space and places. I'm permitted to have 
toys on display in the house. And I have two NECA figures out on display currently. My Chell from Portal and my Rocketeer. So, And that's why I don't go to the state of California anymore. Da, da, da. Also, there aren't any botcons here anymore. So That too. I uh, I like their Chell and their Gordon Freeman a lot. I recently busted those toys out again, uh, and I think that Gordon Freeman holds up incredibly well. Yeah, I never That's, found uh, it, and then when I would see it online, it was like way overpriced, so I gave up. They recently did a reissue run on him and Chell, oh, so there I should be some it. more in the market now. Um, also, I, I saw you stopped oh, coming to California because the last time you tried, you ended up in Florida. Yeah, it was too hot. That, I'm not going to let that, that happen again. Back. Brought oh. that old Brought back that old chestnut. I was going to just say that, like, I found out about the Gordon Freeman reissue because I was, like, I was, you know, doing my thing, looking at whatever Big Bad got in that day. And then they were like, and we got in Gordon Freeman and Chell. And I was like, what? Did they, like, do ultimate versions? But it was just because those toys are perfect. It was just <laughs> a reissue of the existing versions. So yeah, yeah. if you like a, uh, if you like Half Life and Portal, you should pick those up. They have it on pre order right now on Big Bad. Yeah, the old, the old Gordo here, good old Gordy. Not seen since the two thousands. He comes with a head crab. It's a good head crab. Good old head crabs. See, I'm being nice. Their Gordon Freeman is a very good figure. At least mine is, because it didn't break. A Gordon Freeman of theirs that doesn't break is a very good figure. Hey, let me ask... Worth... Uh-huh. I was just saying, that, it is, it is worth consideration, but ask me something. So the uh, listener here brought up the Transformers card game. Um, I think I'm lost. Oh, it, oh I, I, I just don't really... Back. No, oh, okay. everything kind of froze for me for a couple seconds, and I thought maybe I was going to get dropped. Um, oh, I thought you meant you were lost about the card game. <laughs> no, I thought I thought I was about to get dropped. <laughs> um, wow. so I'm I'm looking at the TFW uh, post about it, um, and I I'm not seeing the answer I was looking for. So is this going to be like a starter deck and then you buy booster packs a la Magic the Gathering or all the cards are in one big box like hella card games I see at game stores? So here's the thing. All I actually know readily about that game is it's using the art from the mobile game that got canceled a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know anything about the game. Okay, If (laughs) it's... Because, like, I go into game stores and I see a thing on a shelf like this Firefly game or this uh, Warhammer game I hadn't heard of. And then I get kind of excited being like, oh, what's this thing? And maybe this is cool. And then I pick it up and I flip it over and look at the back and see that it's just a card game. And it's one of these card games where these are going to these are all the cards there's going to be. So just play with these cards in this one big box. And then I go, eh, and I put it back down. If that's what the Transformer card game is, it's not going to have life. And it's not going to be especially deep because you have all the cards. Um, well, here's, here's what I'd argue, because I, I was curious about this. And, I, and some of those, not all of them, but the good ones. The idea is it's basically like you skip the part where you're, you're rolling the lottery to buy your cards. 
uh-huh. and instead you are just fast forwarding to the deck building phase of a Magic the Gathering, for instance. Yeah, but isn't so it's like isn't that gamble part of what keeps Magic alive it, and going? It might, I, so I've actually, oddly enough, recently been looking at a bunch of MTG YouTube, which is what? weird. Why would um, you do that? I had to put some lingo in my head to do a performance. <laughs> uh but but like as far as the act like the gameplay part of it the the random part is is the worst part of magic the gathering like people who play uh, what's it called standard uh all the guides are basically like hey if you want to just play magic the gathering never buy a booster and never buy a starter uh get a deck list and purchase singles and then work from there yeah um so the the idea of the contained one box card game is that like they've they've built their model around selling this as a one box experience. That's some of those then get expansions if they're popular. Um but it's like oh yeah, a one box expansion where the the whole meta of the game is based on everyone has the same, you know, grand pool of cards and the deck building phase is a part of it. There's one I don't remember the name of it, but it's one of the first really popular ones of these where like the deck building part is so intense or can be so intense and engaging that like some people have had like a two hour game out of just the deck building aspect of it um, before they even they even well it's 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 for people who love the deck building part of it as well um for me i probably could learn to love deck building but like so that's the thing the only time i'd want to do deck building is with one of these games because i've looked into magic now and then and every time I look at it, I'm just like, I don't know where to start, and I don't want to buy random cards. And then I, I like I saw like the, there's a one group who like a very high level Magic player, like he makes pre constructed decks that are built to be balanced against other pre constructed decks that this company makes. And I'm like, that's how I'd want to play Magic: The Gathering, where I just have a bunch of decks that have been made, and I'm just playing them. Uh, that's how I played it, uh, like in the summer with uh, with Daryl from Transmissions, where I just got handed decks that they had made, and I really liked the game because I skipped all the parts I don't like, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I could learn to love deck building once, like I play the game more than once every five years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I can totally see myself getting hooked on the excitement and anticipation of opening a deck or opening a pack of cards um knowing that is not the efficient way to get good cards um and knowing that would be I mean, really uh, expensive but that's like uh, why i have tons of these pre-painted um <laughs> dnd miniatures now is because whiz kids do these awesome little boxes where you get a bunch of minis and who knows what you're gonna yeah. get maybe you're gonna get the same cloud giant twice in a row and boy that's a bummer because it's huge and what do i need two cloud giants for <laughs> I was going to say, like, like a, a whole lot of, of big gaming companies probably love you. Because uh, <laughs> that's 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 probably an ideal customer. And I am, I am totally a sucker for that stuff. Like, let me yeah. tell you how much friggin' Hero Clicks I bought and how much Monster Apocalypse I bought. Yeah. Uh, now, the problem, I like the models. The, the problem for Wizards of the Coast here is that um, I tried playing Magic and I hated the game. And I have no desire to play any of these card games regardless yeah, like, of what they're referencing or how they're packaged and sold that's why i know there's like maybe a hook for me because when i've played magic where someone else just gave me a deck i found it really fun and then like a slightly more at least in my experience a slightly more linear game to deck build for um when you're just you know playing the new sets versus system 
uh, was also really fun at the time uh, when I was into it for a couple of years. Um, so I, I know I like the playing part um, and I, I would like to learn to get into the deck building part because it always sounds fascinating. Like whenever I whenever I like, you know, you glance at the guides or the videos about like, oh, here's some deck building tooltips. I'm always like, oh, this sounds like I wish I was like able to to get into this part. Um, but with Magic the Gathering, especially when it's such a friggin' sprawling library of cards to pull from, even when you just go like, you know, limit yourself to whatever the, the whatever it is, standard Friday Night Magic sets are, it still is like, to me, utterly sprawling, especially when also the cards are all randomly packed in booster packs, because then it's like, well, now I have to figure out what cards I want and then order them. And the way I process information is by looking at stuff that's in person in front of me when it comes to deck building things. Uh, whenever I tried, like, with Heroclix, I tried to build uh, unit lists uh, off of uh, database sites, and I would just, I would zone out because I'm just like, well, the figures aren't in front of me, and I can't I can't put the, the information and the the game reality together without the figure sitting in front of me. So... There's our CCG hour. Uh, thank you for tuning in to our Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, keep those moxes gem mint so that you can get them graded nine and up with PSG. Well, you just have to go to the Game Shack at a five nine five Bay Street, Suite H dash zero five in Toronto um, on Friday mm-hmm. night and find the guy with the four foot tall stack of binders and ask him and then he'll tell you all about it and then then you'll that's, learn everything you need to know i'm just this, i'm gonna bounce off this to throw another point that's the thing where i i freaking wish i like deck building because when i see people who are like yeah here's my decks and then they have just a big box of decks that they built like a box almost like a box of model kits that they built except it's card decks and i'm just like oh that seems so cool i want to understand it and i don't uh, I like the idea of having like this is my deck, and I'm t- I'm tweaking it. I'm using a toolkit on it to 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 spec it out with with some some good meta. I'm like, man, I wish I knew what any of that meant. Uh, I I envy that that others have. That's what I envy. Um, I also want to throw a quick shout out here to Winged Weasel who mentioned that uh, uh, he he loves the show and it inspired. Uh, he and his wife to do their own show it is completely off topic with respect to Transformers gaming with a heavy focus on uh, w- uh, I think that's World of Warcraft TCG um, but we are the first podcast to listen to and kind of the standard to which holds other shows including our own so thank you for I'm glad that we inspired you to do a podcast I firmly believe everyone should have to do at least five episodes of a podcast in their life uh, I think that should be like a rite of adulthood in, uh, in western society uh, get on it Go edit a podcast, then come back to me and complain about the editing. Um, Seth, we got one more listener question here. Okay. From Cyan Thief, who says, greetings to the even team and the odd couple. That's a nice one. I like that one. Uh, Long time listener, first time question poser. Recently, I've been looking into trying to get back into collecting scene, the collecting scene, since taking a break from it during the initial waves of Combiner Wars. So it's not that long a break, just enough of a break to be like one and a half, two year break. That's a nice break. 
this has led me to peruse through TF Source and eBay on a semi-regular basis, mostly just window shopping at new mainline and third-party releases, while searching for those last pieces of Combiner Wars Superion and Fall Cybertron Bruticus that I'm missing. Because as luck would have it, every time I pick up a Combiner, I always end up missing limbs, and I, it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, just as an aside, you, you probably don't have to finish Fall Cybertron Bruticus. That, especially if you have Combiner Wars Superior and Fall Cybertron Bruticus might just leave a sour taste in your mouth in general. Uh, continuing on, now as of this writing, TF Source is ending their winter sale and is tempted to, uh, by the deal on Make Toys rendition of Computron, uh, but other hobbies taking precedence by spending habits, I decided to look at Amazon's website to see if they had any listings because having a $250 gift card is nice. Lo and behold, TF Source is selling through Amazon a slight markup. However, looking through related items brought me to MP24 Star Saber, who is one of my favorite designs uh, for roughly the same price. Despite this, I ended up buying the Quantron for $240. However, I feel like I only bought it because of the fact that it was on sale and not because of any type of connection to the Technobots' characters or toys. So my question is this, have you ever felt like making or actually made an impulse purchase on a toy, Transformers or not, because it was so deeply discounted and or it was on sale, only to afterwards afterwards feel lukewarm about buying it in the first place? Thanks for your responses, and remember, it's all Decade's fault. This is not a click, but a bang! Um, so before I yell my answer, because I have one, Seth, have you ever... Uh, been allured by a discount toy and then ended up going like man that discount is why i bought this uh i i wish all the stuff i've ever bought and then felt lo- felt lukewarm about afterwards had been on discount oh man <laughs> oh man i paid full price for stuff <laughs> that i regretted afterwards um i i can't think of a time where i bought something on discount and then was disappointed um, cause I tend to buy anything that I think looks cool immediately. Um, <laughs> they, they don't get a chance to get <laughs> discounted and, and I think I have bought stuff on sale that I ended up liking. I, I can't think of a on sale thing that I, I was lukewarm on. All my lukewarm purchases are at full price, like a true fan. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, so so online online sites have sales and i have many times bought things because it was on sale usually i end up kind of liking it but there have definitely been things i got lukewarm about the 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 current rash of ebay flash sales has been even worse because it's like you have 12 hours to save 20 bucks on something i'm like there's so much stuff i like that i could save 20 dollars on and then you know usually it ends up being okay but sometimes you know even if i like it i end up looking at it going like you know I I bought this because it was on sale, and that's the first reason why I bought this. Uh, thankfully, the second reason ended up being also this is cool, but I've also had things that ended up not being as cool. Um, what's an example? I think he was on sale. He might, This might have been a Seth one uh, where it wasn't on sale. I can't remember anymore. Mafex Rogue One Darth Vader was a great reminder to me that even though everyone said, oh, it's one of the best Darth Vader toys ever, it was also a Mafex. And much like NECA, I have come to realize I do not like Mafex. Uh, I am never satisfied with Mafex, and I need to stop buying anything that's from Mafex because it always disappoints me <laughs> on a tactile level. Um, the Mafex Vader is it? I'd like the R two D two and C three PO I got from them, except for the part where C three PO falls apart the moment you touch it. <laughs> yeah, that's so. So Darth Vader, the thing I don't like about him is how when I pose him, most of the time his ball joints just start falling apart the moment I when I touch him. I feel like R2-D2 is able to escape a lot of problems I have with toy companies because he is by nature a can with two legs. <laughs> it's hard, harder to get wrong. 
Although still, you know, people have got it wrong. Uh, but yeah, Mafex Vader super, super didn't work out for me. Um, but yeah, I, I have, I can't think of a lot of other specifics right off the top of my head, but Cyan Thief, I am right there with you. I have done that many times. I have been like, well, it's on sale. This is excellent. This is perfect. I know I like this. And then it's like, you know what? If I, if I had just waited another like day, <laughs> I maybe would have been okay with it. I know that years ago I would have snapped up stuff like, like, the G Creations Prowl, for instance, or or anything by a third party company who's from whom I do not own a thing yet, because that's always a temptation for me during those eBay flash sales. I'm like, I could finally sample something from this company, and it's like, I don't want to buy a figure because I want to have a thing from a company. I want to buy a figure because the, the figure looks cool. Maybe it's because the company makes cool things, but I want I want the figure to to be the draw on purchases. Um. Right now, I'm have, I'm debating a very dumb purchase because I saw the Diamonds uh, Select Pacific Rim Uprising Jaegers. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like the Bandai ones. I saw the Diamond Select ones, and I'm like, these don't look very good. But then Gypsy Avenger comes with a buttload of accessories because they're kind of doing the Bandai thing and like overloading that figure to make it more appealing. And I'm like, well, you know, I could buy Gypsy Avenger and then review it and then compare it to the Bandai one and then have nice comprehensive coverage of a comparison between both companies' offerings. And, like, that's a stupid reason to buy a figure, but I'm, I'm still considering it. Uh, I went on Twitter and I said, hey, how are these Diamonds Select Jaegers holding up? I did not get one positive answer. So I'm, I'm not expecting a whole lot. I don't, I don't know if I'll do it. Uh... But yeah, it, it's definitely a thing that has happened to me, and I would, I would, I dare say, I would question anyone who says they have never been in a situation where they have regretted buying something, let alone something on sale. Um, I think that that sales, sales, and looking cool are two reasons why a lot of regret toy purchases happen. I think. Uh, third one being all my friends said they liked it. <laughs> That's been a really common one uh, that I've seen. Um, which is leads into my my longer panel discussion about the way that we appreciate figures on a on a deeper level. But you can check those out on my YouTube page. Don't Seth, we finished our listener questions for the day. Hey, we certainly did. Uh, Seth, this brings me to the point where I say to you, did you get anything on topic this week? No. Oh no! We're back in the trough. Back in the trough. Yeah, where I'm, I'm not finding anything. Like, not only am I not finding anything I want in the stores, I'm not finding anything that hasn't been on the shelf since, like, months ago. So I'm still mm. waiting for anything past Wave 1 to appear for uh, the current Transformers lines. Um, so wait, Wave 2 apparently showed up at one of my Toys R Us's. What? And then the next day, the next day, I thought... Showed up where? It's, it's a fine Canadian company. It's a Canadian I've company. Not, hmm. I don't think you've heard of it. Toys R Us? Yeah, there's apostrophes in there. Huh. Instead of the A and the E. It's kind of cute. They have a giraffe. Interesting. It's retro. Uh, Check it out sometime. And, and so, you know... Never heard of it. A, a, a couple days later, when, when the mall was open, I thought, hey, I'll go check for, uh, for Wave 2. I want to get those two Dinobot limbs. Uh, and then there was some. There was an unidentified package on a major subway station, and it shut down the subway line for a couple hours. And then right after I went to tweet, like, hey, I can't go to my Dufferin Mall adventure, a friend of mine went to Dufferin Mall and was like, hey, there's nothing here. So I was like, 
aside from the scary part about the unidentified package, just, I guess it's ended as well as it could have for a day where I wouldn't get my toys. I didn't even have to go all the way over there to find out that they weren't there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking for wave two as well. Uh, Seth, I did get something on topic I can talk did about. Did you, though. though? Did you? I did. Speaking of things I bought because there was an eBay coupon. This is precisely one of those things. Uh, thankfully, I don't feel I am regretting it. But uh, you know, the, 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 remember Matt Teager? I do. Good old good old Teage? Yes, the Teage, the Teagester. Remember his, his Vigi games about the Transformers? Yes. So uh, there's that third-party company, Planet X, who makes basically f- toys from the from the Teager era. Um, and they, they did some Dinobots. I got the last Dinobot from, from that set that I didn't already have. Uh, I'll link you the one of the product pages. I got Triton, which is their version of Paddles, the aquatic Dinobot joke. Uh, it's a somewhat retool with a bunch of new parts from their version of Sludge. Um, he also comes with uh, a pair of swords for their swoop because their swoop came out with solid orange bladed swords and then all the rest of the Dinobots had translucent bladed swords. So then they redid swoop swords with translucent blades and packed them in with paddles. Uh, so Triton uh, is interesting because I, I read a bunch of reviews and watched a bunch of reviews and Triton has all these weaknesses I was reading about where just, you know, it's, as a figure wasn't built quite as well. Mine feels okay, but I can kind of see what people mean about stuff like the elbows being kind of hanky because there's like two elbow joints and one of them is way better than the other one. But the one that isn't as good is the one that always bends first and it just looks bad. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, so I, I put Triton into into the, the the dinosaur mode, and then I mounted the two cannons on on the Triton's back fins, and then I looked, and then Triton's midsection in that setup looks like a friggin' awesome battleship, with like it's just like a deck and two huge cannons, <laughs> and then there's a friggin' dinosaur neck and head sticking off the front, and I was like, you know what? I think I like Triton. <laughs> Triton Triton looks like a. Uh, the 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 loudest, meanest Dinobot no one ever talks about because Triton stays underwater because that's where Triton is happy. But then people start going like, hey, I heard you called Paddles! And they get Triton's ire and then eventually Triton just like rises up out of the water and then nukes your house with his two artillery cannons and then goes back to sleep. And I, I, I kind of like that idea. So I'm, I'm feeling Triton. Um, I also like the Planet X Dinobots a lot. Like my favorite third-party Dinobot sets are the Planet X ones and the Fans Project ones because they look all like weird and not G one, uh, yet are still somewhat cohesive. So uh, I'm I'm happy with it, and I, I and I got to use a coupon on it, so I paid less than a hundred US dollars for the toy. Cool. I might regret it tomorrow. It showed up today, and you know, we'll see how t- twenty four hours goes. Um. But Seth, that that brings me to the other part of this, which is, did you get anything off topic this week? I did. Uh, well, I got a bunch of blind box D and D mini. It. Oh. Um, yeah the the largest uh, closest game store uh, to me, Fundamonium. It's called. That's a good name. Yeah, that's a good I'm, name. I'm looking at their website right now, and I've never really looked at their website. And there's a a link saying, "Hey, do you wonder who the people who work at Fundamonium are? We call them the Fundamaniacs." <laughs> mm. And now I'm scared to go back in there. <laughs> 
Uh, the, the, I'm kind of okay with that. The, they also have a post here titled, Toys R Us was bankrupt in many ways. <laughs> I, w- I want to imagine that, like, were he still alive, all of this would be, like, the front man for all this would be the macho man Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I'm a fun maniac. Um, yeah, when they first... Toys R Us was bankrupt in more than one way. <laughs> yeah. So this place used to be a Hobby Town USA, which is a chain. Uh, they went independent, got bigger, got better. Uh, but when they changed their name to Fundamonium, I pointed out to the lady behind the counter that that is based on Pandemonium, which is a city in hell. <laughs> and she said well we like to concentrate on the fun part <laughs> said all right you just picked a weird name that's a good answer that's a good answer though you just picked, you picked a weird name anyway so if a month has five saturdays in it then on right. that fifth saturday as the month of march did um they have a basket sale where they have shopping baskets that are horribly shaped <laughs> And anything you could fit into the basket and it has to be touching the bottom of the basket. So you can't like stack stuff up, um, is 20% off. And that's when you realize, Oh, that's why they have such idiotic shopping baskets. (laughs) Because like, you know how typically a shopping basket is a big rectangle with a handle attached to the outer edge. Yeah. It's a receptacle. The handle comes up from the middle. (laughs) <laughs> that's totally made to screw yeah, with so, you. That means you can't put in a huge right. thing. So you have this weird sort of oval shape that's relatively narrow. Um, so it's a bummer. Um, and we got there pretty early where all, it's because all the other hardcores were. Also, we had something to do at noon. So we had to run down there early. And uh, boy, they keep all the War Machine and 40K and X-Wing stuff locked up in a case and there was just an employee standing next to the case with it open and dudes like tetris trying to fit as much stuff into their baskets as possible and i I said to my girlfriend i'm like man if i was still doing the warhammer thing i would be one of them guys <laughs> trying to jam as much of this warhammer crap into a basket as i could um so instead i just got some of the whiz kids blind box uh dungeons and dragon stuff uh boxes and just sort of wedged them in and a uh, two pack of aluminum 20-sided die which uh i used Ooh. in a game later that day and uh man those big heavy metal dice are just fun to roll um so yeah i got some wrath of the storm king series figures and uh, i got four boxes and two of them had the same cloud giant in it which is a bummer and one of them had a fire giant that is exactly like the fire giant i got before but is holding a mace instead of a hammer otherwise exactly the same so that was a bummer uh so there's only one not dupe giant in there so that was a that could have been better but it was all right um a lot of the smaller figures were good um then i also got um my beasts of the metazoic 
Raptors. Well, yeah, actually, only, that's a Kickstarter. Yeah, I kinda, one of them's a kind of wish I could. Yeah, I got the I got a Velociraptor, and I forget how to pronounce the other one correctly. But I think they're really cool looking. I know, I know someone, I know someone who could pronounce it Probably. correctly. Well, I mean, he he would pronounce it incorrectly because he'd do it with a silly accent. Um. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, love you, Mikey. You freak. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, Whoa. so I only got two, and I missed the Kickstarter too. But I got in on the backer kit which is good enough. Um, so I just got two. Uh, they're fairly big. Um, I think a little... They're a 1.6 scale, yeah, I believe. Which means they're smaller than you would think they would be um, if all you know about Velociraptor is from the Jurassic Park movies uh, because they made them mm-hmm. way too big. They're way too big in those movies. That, that was... That's that's the whole crux of the guy who's working on that line is that he's a he works in the industry, but he's also a colossal dinosaur nerd yeah. who is a nitpicker for for accuracy and has had it with inaccurate <laughs> right. dinosaur toys and also non posable dinosaur toys. Like I read yeah. a thing that he wrote where he was saying like this company makes very nice dinosaur figures, but they have zero articulation and. Mm. I guess he like shopped around the idea to do this to toy companies because he's he's an actual sculptor that has worked for Hasbro and and uh, Mattel and other companies. And it sounds like unless you could put the Jurassic Park logo on it, nobody wants to touch it. That they, they just don't care. Um, yeah. So he went out on his own. The paint jobs are fantastic. The color schemes on these things are great. There's a, there's a lot of them. And a lot of them are super cool looking, but I can only justify going in on two um, because I, I just don't need that many uh, lizard birds. <laughs> I think that's another thing that kind of kind of turned me away from it is, is I it's, it's not no one's fault but my own. I saw too many color schemes I liked than how many of them I wanted to actually uh-huh. buy up front. And I could not decide which color schemes to pick. <laughs> and then all the pre-orders closed and I was like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I can't make decisions. Well, when I was making my decision on the two, I first sorted them by the ones that I thought looked cool color-wise. And then I started looking at their parts cuz there's three or four style heads, a couple different style wings, a couple different style torsos. Um and then I wanted to get two that were physically different and not just painted different. Um, mm-hmm. So they have different shaped heads and wings and whatnot. Like the not Raptor, it starts with a D. Um, the body is a little th- heavier. Um, the The feather detail is done in a way that implies that it, it, it was more heavily fluffy feathered. And the, the Velociraptor is a little sleeker. And the feathers seem to be laid a bit flatter. Um, then the tails have a wire in them. So they're articulated in that you bend the wire. Um, which works pretty well. Like, I have seen terrible uh, versions of that. But uh, these tails work pretty well. Um, I'm I'm kind of getting into bendy wire stuff uh, in the last couple of years. Because it feels like... 
I don't. I have no no real backing to this other than like the tactile feeling and the little bit of reading I did. But it seems like wires nowadays are a lot sturdier than they were in like the nineties. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's less of a chance of it like snapping inside the yeah. rubber. And I think the um, material still happen, is but... the like the the outer rubber is is probably better too. Oh yeah, like I, I think there's more durometer control nowadays, so you can like get you can tweak the softness. Is that more. a kind of dinosaur? Um, yeah, durometer. <laughs> it's it, it was in Jurassic Park Five. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Uh, Jeff Goldblum rides one in the in the the ending sequence when he fights the the Irish paleo. <laughs> um, yeah, one little critique or criticism is with the articulation. I wish it was like 10% better movement. Like there's one, two, three uh, joints in the neck that barely move. But they're there. Yeah. Um, I I kind of expected that a little bit. It's what I would call like monster arts syndrome where you have a lot of ball jointed segments in a, you know, an inhuman body and it's like, I'm not as into it, but I understand, you know, I guess where it's coming from. It's more like these three ball joints form one neck joint in a sense. That barely moves. Or like moving them all in (laughs) tandem. Yeah. (laughs) I also also like, I wonder if if the dude's like, you know, the guy worked on this, he's he's a sculptor. Like maybe, you know, this is indicative of like more sculpting experience than like, you know what? I'm kind of talking on my butt here. I don't really know what sculptor necessarily (laughs) entails. I was wondering if maybe he's like... In my head, I'm also very tired. <laughs> in my in my head, I was thinking, dude's really good at sculpting, really good at dinosaurs, wants posable dinosaurs, but how much experience does he have carving joints into a really good uh-huh. sculpt that remains accurate? Like maybe that was a, a you know, just it'll get better as the line goes on. But then what a sculptor in the industry actually also means you design the joints in the first place. And I'm I don't work in the industry, ergo voice coming out yeah. of butt. Uh yeah, the, they do look pretty incredible though the detail is excellent um yeah my girlfriend i think was only a little bit joking when she kept trashing them for having feathers and and not being real dinosaurs (laughs) um i think that sounds like (laughs) me when i talk to aaron about helicopters um yeah there's there's a lot of people out there in the world who aren't down with dinosaurs not just being lizard monsters i mean there's there's people out there in the world who are not down with dinosaurs yes also that um period yeah (laughs) um i i was like i had just watched this video on youtube at on at lunch one day at work about um some more recent discoveries and dinosaur feathers and i thought it was really awesome and i was all hyped about it and i'm talking to this dude at work it's not the flat earth guy this is before that dude got hired um this is some <laughs> other guy and i'm like yeah it's, it's pretty amazing and like the feathers and stuff he goes why would they have feathers that seems crazy to me i'm like well like a lot of these um dinosaurs like the everything seems to be pointing to they evolved into bird modern birds i'm like of course not all of them like a brontosaurus and end up becoming a pelican like come on 
but like <laughs> raptors and and t-rexes like these two-legged hunter types um eventually evolved into the birds and then he gives me like this sideways look and he's like you really believe that i'm like i don't know it seems like it makes sense why why not why wouldn't i believe that he goes because evolution like i don't believe in that i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> oh no uh, okay i'm just gonna punch out this. like okay you have your beliefs i have mine yeah i'm, I'm gonna punch out now because i don't want to get into this at work <laughs> i was i was talking to uh one of the folks at cherry bomb over in victoria when i was visiting and uh oddly enough it was the dinosaurs or the example um there's another example but i'm, I'm just gonna go with the dinosaur one but was he, the other he was one talking bananas it's <laughs> right they don't exist either uh, <laughs> he was talking to some lady uh, who was like in the store looking for stuff and then dinosaurs came up and then they were having a very friendly conversation but then it kind of ended with the lady going like yeah oh it's a shame that di- or not it's a shame but it's like it's it's weird how much people like dinosaurs given how they're all made up and then uh, that was what I was calling an example of like when you have these conversations where it's like just suddenly and you're in wrap- you're wrapped up in the conversation there's no smooth way out but clearly it is time to exit the conversation. And it's like, how do you hit your eject button? (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, oh, there's nothing I can say that won't result in someone feeling bad. And I don't feel like making someone feel bad today. I would just like to move along. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I, I think it's fascinating. The whole kind of, uh, more recent discoveries about feathers and stuff and which ones did and didn't and yeah and like when it really get when the people talking about it really get into explaining like what they mean by feathers because most cases um they're pretty much all cases just about um it's not like fully formed bird feathers as we think of bird feathers like it it a lot of times they were uh uh, most likely like these proto feathers that would look more like quills so like if if you look at a modern bird feather there's that rigid tube that the feather branches off from so it seems like it, yeah. it's just that part without the the feathery part attached to it or just like the more fluffy down kind of feathers and uh the the debate over t-rex having feathers or not and and one uh mode of thought being that it it didn't or maybe they they had fluffy downy feathers when they were young but by the time they get to adult size it would trap too much body heat and not be healthy for a tyrannosaurus rex to be covered in feathers um so maybe they could have just had like a crest or something by the time they're done. Who knows? But uh, it just seems so much more interesting. Like these scary ass murder chickens seem way more scary <laughs> than lizard monsters. At least to me. I think it's rad. But I also just, I like, I like the, I mean, eventually there, there will probably be a ceiling to this, but I like the idea that like, even now we're still kind of figuring out dinosaurs. It's not like we solved it back in the sixties or whatever. Yeah. Like there's there's still dinosaur stuff to learn, and once we get the amber with the mosquito in it, and someone extracts the DNA, fills in the gaps with, with frog DNA, and <laughs> fills an island full of the things, then we'll know for sure. Yeah, like when I went to the Grand Canyon, they have these ravens around there that are just massive, and 
we were camping and one walked through our campsite and and i just thought and this was before like they thought raptors had feathers and stuff um but the idea of of dinosaurs like that evolving into birds was was a thing by then and i just watched this thing walk through our campsite and thought like yeah i totally see it like that that's a friggin yeah. dinosaur man and then there's wild turkeys walking around petaluma and like some of these raptor uh, type dinosaurs were about the size of a modern wild turkey and these things are big just strutting around and then i'm like man imagine that thing now instead of a little beak it's got a big friggin tooth like razor sharp tooth mouth and it's hauling ass at me that would be terrifying <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like all all wide eyed just like yeah. mouth open the the thing that made that made like what because I had that moment when I was young and they started to say like hey they were more like birds than like lizards and I was like what it was very simple to me the way that it made sense it's it a very dumb way but like all I did was go like okay lizard skin with, with, it's hard with bumps all right uh bird feet yeah. they're hard with bumps oh I get it hey just look at bird feet and it's like there you go yep. dinosaurs you know you know what though the thing is it's it's great it's great to make dinosaurs but it's even better when you pose them right that's what i learned on twitter yes. you need little crowns and cocktail glasses <laughs> and holy yeah. texts i was gonna leave that part out don't want to upset anybody don't want anyone getting up fat i mean the photos the photos are out there and around if people want to see them uh it's a very popular photo uh I only take about 20% credit for that as the social media pro management production producer. Yeah. For the dissemination of that, that link. Uh, hey. Seth, anything else mm, off topic no. on your end? No. All right. I got, I got a pair of All off topic right. things I'll like talk to about. about. Oh, I'm going to grab my, my Twitter media page link because I took the photos of this thing most recently, so they should all just be there. Um, I took photos of it looking silly. It's like a, it's like a kind of a, a luchador-looking man with, with skeleton stuff on his costume. Um, it's a new SH Fig Arts release of the Shocker Combat Man. This is the mook uh, thug villain gang generic goon from the original 1971... Sorry, 1973... Common Rider, the original Common Rider. These are the these are the original iconic to this day types of moves. There are actually more than these, but these are the most iconic ones that Common Rider would beat the crap out of and murder constantly throughout. How the can show. you beat the crap out uh, of them? They have a championship belt. Skinny, skinny little Nazi skeleton <laughs> luchadors with championship belts who go e all the time and do like Nazi salutes and then get punched back flipping off of mountains i love the shocker combat man and uh they, they put one of these out some years ago who was kind of lanky and oddly enough out of scale with the rest of sh fig arts by about a half head so this is a new one that they released who's got a lot of the like uh current um enhancements sh fig arts is enjoying from a lot of their better modern releases and you know little touches of the shinkocha seho line it's a very solid thick um like i don't know how to put this right when you look at the guy like, he's not, like, a thick character, but all of his pieces and his components feel thick. 
So it just feels like there's a little meaty plastic dude you're posing. Uh, and he's very posable, and I have a lot of fun with him. I bought three of them because I love the Shocker Combat Man. <laughs> Uh, comes with it comes with like a, a little little machete. Comes with like a little double headed golf stick. Um, the only thing I wish this guy came with was a couple more expressions, because uh, he's got a very kind of. <laughs> I think it's funny, and that's why I took the photos I took because because of the expression on his face. But it's a very neutral expression, <laughs> and I, I kind of wish there was one more at least with like his eyes kind of squinted shut and his mouth in a little in a little like toothy grimace. Because that's another Shocker Combat Man face that they make sometimes, and it's really funny through the Luchador mask when they're like, because uh, you can barely see their eyes and their mouth, and then when they're emoting through that through the eye holes and the mouth hole, I just think it's it's hilarious. Um, so it's it's probably the best wrestling toy of 2018. Uh, the Shocker Combat Man available now. Uh, the other things that I got off topic is I got the rest of the Pacific Rim Uprising Robot Damashi Jaegers. I don't have any photos of them yet because I haven't taken any. But I got uh, Obsidian Fury, Saber Athena. Oh, no, Saber Athena I already had. Uh, this is from this wave, though. Obsidian Fury, Saber Athena, and uh, Guardian Bravo. Uh, and I'm not going to go in like super detail on all of them, but here's what I'm going to say. Wave 1 had a very good Gypsy Adventure and two very decent figures to go with her. Wave 2 is kind of like Wave 1 all over again, but everything is better. Um, like, the Gypsy Avenger of this wave uh, is, I would say, uh, let's see, I would say it's Obsidian Fury. The Titan Redeemer is Saber Athena, and the, the Bracer Phoenix is Guardian Bravo. Except that the Wave 2 versions are more colorful, and they do all of the articulation better and more solidly than their counterparts in Wave 1. So uh, I'm I'm extremely happy with them. Um, the, the the Pacific Rim Uprising Robot Damashis have been super solid, even though they've dialed back all their paint apps to be slightly cheaper. Uh, and I I would love to see them put the paint apps back or or keep them dialed back and keep them cheap. I don't care. I want to see them do Robot Damashis for the the Movie One Jaegers now as well, and and for the rest of the Movie Two stuff that they haven't done already. The the toys are super fun. Obsidian Fury is a very good robot action figure with very good features, uh, solid posability. Like, like he's missing a couple little orange light paint apps, but like the, the two-tone black, like looks great. Uh, he's got clear orange for the, the window on his face. And it, it's that specific translucent orange plastic that just like catches devours and self reflects light everywhere. Like it looks really cool. So I'm, uh, I'm digging these toys. Uh, I, I, I like them a lot. I think I even like them. I like them more than I enjoyed the film. Uh, I just love the way this ensemble of robots look together. Um, oh, and I also got I got the vinyl of one of the monsters, Raijin. Uh, and I, I had Obsidian Fury like riding on the back of Raijin. And I thought it looked awesome. And I thought that that's probably what the third act of the film should have had in it is Obsidian Fury riding on a kaiju. But that's all I'll say. Um, Seth, did you have much interest? In, no, we talked about this already. This is timed out. We talked about whether you were interested in watching that second movie. And I, I think it was you're like not not interested, but you're not interested. No. Um, and a lot of the reviews that I heard just reinforced my concerns. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, maybe if it's on Netflix or HBO or something, I'll check it out down the line. Yeah. Once I once I upload it. Uh, after we finish, you should listen to me and Aaron talk about it a bit in last mm. week's episode. Did you love it? We ended up talking a lot of it? movies. I 
I have very complicated feelings on it, which, like, the capsule is, I had fun, and I, I, I saw it twice and don't feel bad about it, but I have extremely complicated stuff to say that goes with that, that, that is well outside of the confines of a casual podcast Did you see discussion. the video review I tweeted about it? Uh, From a guy with a fairly a heavy, video. I'm assuming, Chinese accent? No, I did okay. not. It was a pretty good review. Because this guy's like a real heavy I, like kaiju um tokusatsu kind of anime fan guy. And uh he he had problems with the depiction of the robots. <laughs> so so the the depiction of the robots Okay, I should say when the robots were doing stuff on screen, I was extremely happy. Oh, that sounded like what he uh, liked I thought the they least. Moved great. <laughs> yeah, and and I've come to real the thing that I I think people need to start realizing is I like robots or I like kaiju does not mean that there's like a baseline of opinion to operate uh-huh. from. Because uh, I, I ran into this even on the podcast where it's like I would describe Pacific Rim One as real robots. Some other people wouldn't, but to me, it was more real robot than super robot. Um. And the robot action was a highlight of Pacific Rim 2 um, in a way that that let down parts of it because they had something really cool going on and then, and then something else happened. And I would have really liked the thing that I wanted them to do. But I thought the robots moved great. I thought that all the weight that people were worried was missing ended up being there when the actual Foley was playing because... When, like, there are shots of, like, some of those Jaegers walking around, and they're making big kathud kathud, you know, camera shake stuff when they're walking around. Like, uh, and, and, and the fight choreography was, was fantastic. Like, they were doing all kinds of just crazy super robot stuff that I wanted, I would have been upset to not see in a sequel to Pacific Rim. Like, Pacific Rim 1 is the one with the big heavy robots. Pacific Rim 2 has to be the one where they're doing more cartwheels. Pacific Rim 3 has to be the one where they start combining together. Uh, and wielding more laser swords. Uh, it's it's the way it must be. That's that's how robots work in my world. All right. Well, I'm going to send you a link to this review. It's not very long, and I think the guy makes good points. I watch a lot of this guy's videos. I think he's cool. Well, I mean, most of his videos have to do with Dungeons and Dragons, and that's how I found him because he has a really good tutorial video on how to play D and D Fifth Edition. I feel I feel though like now I'm 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 going into this knowing I'm going to disagree with them about a critical point. Well, <laughs> maybe you will, maybe you will. Maybe you'll understand what he's saying and still disagree and I don't know. Yeah, I just Also, what? I may not have completely expressed uh super correctly his points because I'm going off of memory from a couple weeks ago. What I found a lot of the general public wanted, it seemed, out of Pacific Rim 2 was what I would call incorrect. Oh, so I already know. Ooh, like, it, ooh, it's weird. Oh. So that's what I felt. <laughs> but I also felt like the movie made a number of mistakes uh, in its decisions that I wish I could have convinced them to do otherwise. And I think a lot of those mistakes come from not watching enough stuff. Uh, I think I think Pacific Rim movies have to be made by people who are way into this stuff. Uh Thankfully, it seems John Boyega is getting way into this stuff. And I, I was saying on, on last episode, uh, what's his name? Finn, was it the, the, Finn the, guy, the actor from the yeah, Finn Balor, professional wrestler is all. Into the, no, no. The, the kid from Stranger Things whose actor's name is Finn. Um, uh, 
I, Ugh, he's I'm the main not character good on the kids' names. They oh, all the, just the flew main, out of my head. The the one the funny looking kid. They're all funny looking he's kids. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the one who's smitten with eleven. Yes. Uh, his his actor was on Twitter going like, "I just watched Gurren Lagan and it was the best thing." And I'm like, "You need to befriend John Boyega right now. Like, you need to you need to go get John Boyega." John Boyega is getting all into Gundams, and that's fine. Uh-huh. But that's not going to make for for a movie I want to see. You got to get him <laughs> into the good stuff. You got to get him into Gurren Lagann, Gao Gai Gar. Uh, you got to infect him two, with the right virus. What if those two coats co-starred in a live-action Gurren Lagann movie? I mean, I don't want. I don't necessarily <laughs> want a live-action Gurren Lagann movie. Uh, I, I want a live-action <laughs> super robot movie. That's what I want. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm just starting to repeat myself about Pacific Rim Uprising. I have a lot to say about that movie. I thought it was it was all right. It, <sighs> there's a lot of people who want people to not like it in ways that I disagree with. There's a lot of people who want people to like it in ways I also disagree with. I get along with nobody about Pacific Rim too. Um, actually, I get along with a bunch of people, but that that gets into spoiler stuff. Uh, Seth, hi. I think that's all that we got this week. So I think that's where we gotta put the ceiling on this one. Yeah, put the seal, seal it up. Um, so thank you for joining me. Next time I talk to you, you're going to have thoughts on WrestleMania 30, 34. They don't number them anymore. I know, but I I will. <sighs> I number that's, them and I make Vince McMahon I, sneeze. That's if I get around to reactivating my WWE Network subscription. Oh, you did. I did. I, I either forgot well, this, or didn't this realize. This is what happened. My credit card yeah. got stolen. That was the same credit card I used to pay the WWE thing. Um, uh. Then I got an email saying like, hey man, the, this credit card doesn't work. <laughs> was it an email from If Vince? you want to keep enjoying the action, uh, you, you need to fix your credit card situation. If you want to keep enjoying the action, you got to fix your credit card. And then and I was like, uh, yeah, I'll get to it. And then I got another email going, hey, man, we're going to have to turn you off if you don't pay the thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it. And then I got an email going, hey, sorry, we had to we had to cut you off. Like, you could come back if you want with a real credit card. And I was just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, okay. And then I got an email Hey, we'd love to have you back. You don't want to miss WrestleMania, wow. right? Was this all in the space of one day? <laughs> no, this was this was over a few weeks. Uh, it'd be uh, better if it was one day. Yeah, but it was like, uh, I guess, I guess I'll sign up again. Like, you got to see Ron, Rowdy Ronda Rousey's debut. Uh, Rowdy Ron on the, on the big stage. <laughs> watch her spend five minutes setting up a suplex on stephanie mcmahon or whatever watch kurt angle and triple h do all the heavy lifting in that match i don't i don't want them to do all the heavy lifting because kurt angle still has like a friggin neck made out of glass and bone kurt angle will be dead by the end of the match he he can't carry it so they got it that's the thing so, so, quick thoughts on this. So you have Kurt Angle and Triple H, a, a, a very eager but breakable man, and someone who's old but fine. And then on the other side, you have Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon, someone who's very eager but not extremely good at this, and someone who is just not very good at this. Okay, here's 
I'm going to make predictions, and then we could see how close I am. Here's right. how I think the match is going to go. Uh, first of all, it's going to take at least 20 minutes for everyone to get in the ring. Oh, Triple H um, especially. Yeah, because Triple H and Stephanie are going to have this super crazy elaborate um, entrance. It's going to be ridiculous. There's going to be crazy costumes and pre-recorded video things uh, and probably speed metal music. It's going to be bananas. Then Kurt and Rhonda will come out separately. Their entrances will probably be pretty elaborate too, but nothing like what Trips and Steph's is going to get. Uh, so it's going to take forever to get everybody in the ring. Then before the match starts, they're all going to be in the ring just sort of looking at each other a lot, uh, posing. And so it's going to take forever for the match to actually start. Then when it starts, um, it will probably start with the two dudes in the ring. And then Rhonda will like yell to Kurt, like, let me in there. So Kurt will tag her in and then Stephanie won't want to come in. And Rhonda will be like, get in here. And it's going to be this whole friggin' thing. And then Stephanie finally steps into the ring and everyone's all hyped because we're finally going to see Rhonda do something. And then Steph immediately tags back out. And then it's going to be a whole bunch of triple H and Kurt angle, and everyone's just going to be hoping Kurt doesn't die or get crippled or something. Mm-hmm. And then finally, kind of not until like real close to the end, will Rhonda finally get her hands on Steph. And then it's going to be a real quick couple of moves, pin, Rhonda wins, and on to the Bork versus Big Dog match. <laughs> Rhonda Rousey, the face of the women's revolution. Yeah. Worked long and hard to Get just to walk point. on in and while everybody else gets dumped in the pre-show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, looking forward to your thoughts on the post game show of whatever. Um, hopefully I can find a, I, my favorite thing for the last few years has been to find a bootleg stream of WrestleMania and turn it on while I do stuff on Sunday. <laughs> So it's like I get the audio, I get kind of broken audio and real glitchy video, and it just feels right. I don't know how to explain it. That's how I watched the uh, McGregor-Holyfield fight. Was it Holyfield? No, that's not his name. Um, um, What's that guy's name? It it was in my head, and then I said the wrong name. Merriweather. Floyd Merriweather versus McGregor. That's how I watched that. On a bootleg ass periscope feed, where oh for me for me it's too short though. Like what makes it work is that WrestleMania is also like eighteen hours long. Uh-huh. So, so something about like just this oppressively long thing that I'm watching in terror or no, listening mostly in terrible quality. It's three and then, days. And then it's seventy two solid hours. <laughs> when I hear something cool happen, then I go to the group DM to see a bunch of you guys react to it. Sometimes so I can also find out what actually happened. And then I find a gif of it about five minutes later on Twitter. It's the best way to take in the stuff. <laughs> well, one of, one of the most exciting things about that uh, Merriweather-McGregor fight watching on a bootleg-ass Periscope is this one was actually sticking. Like, there was a bunch of others that like, got swatted down real fast. Yeah. And this one was sticking, and this one was lasting. And every time there would start to be a cloud of hearts flying up the screen, then the chat would just be everyone in all caps 
saying, stop liking it. Stop liking it. You're going to get it yep. shut down. <laughs> yep. Same thing with the ones I... Also, when, when it's a real smart streamer and you can tell they know that a bot's doing the rounds, we're just very suddenly... They, you can see them grab another window and just throw it over top of WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you're like, you throwing like a blanket over this while you're driving through the checkpoint? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so until then, uh, we will talk to you later. Thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, please stay safe out there. Yeah, later, haters. Yeah. What the f***? Uh, uh.